and welcome to the Sutra Side Talk Backlog Special 4. I actually already oh, forgot no. if it's 4 or 5. <laughs> I forgot too. <laughs> it's okay. It's one of those two. Uh, and this is our March special episode. And actually, I think it's Backlog Special 4. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. No. No. It's 5. It is 5. It is Backlog Special 5. Because okay. we did like, uh, yeah, February, January. Yeah, we did I think one November. in December. Right? Didn't we do it in November too, I think? Yeah, because we had the yeah, yeah. So this Thanksgiving is five. leftover this is five. special. Yeah. All right, guys. Off to a great start so far. Yeah. But uh, we have uh, a bit of a switch up. And, you know, of course, I'm Comron. Sorry. And here with me is James Selig, of course. Hello. <laughs> and... Uh, we, yeah, we did a switch up. So you're getting this today on Monday and our normal episode, our episode 93 or 92, uh, 92 will be coming out on Thursday. We just had to do a quick, uh, quick switch up, but otherwise uh, you'll still get that this week with all the news and everything. Uh, but instead coming first at you is our monthly backlog special where we get to catch up on what we've been watching and what we've been playing. And James, uh, do you want to start us off with this? Because we're gonna we're gonna try to keep it to an hour and a half, and then uh, just see how much we can get out in that time. Yeah, yeah, I can go first. So, I finally a while ago at this point, but I finally got through the Clone Wars animated series. And you know what? Everyone was right. After the first few seasons of like eh, boring stuff, it gets really fucking good. Like, yeah, man. I got by. I think where the turning point for me was when they got to the um, the father of the force storyline, where they just like uh, Anakin and Ahsoka got Obi Wan and Obi Wan. Right, I forgot he was there. They got like stranded on some planet that was like made of the force, basically, and it was the home of like the father of the force, who essentially seemed to be like a living embodiment of the force itself and then his like two children his daughter who was supposed to be a representative of the light side and his son who was definitely supposed to be representative of the dark side and i just i was so fascinated that they give both siblings give like glimpses of the future to anakin and ahsoka and ahsoka she turns evil for the episode and she's like i have to murder anakin because i can't let this happen and anakin's like that i would never turn into a monster like that i i refuse to believe something like that I just, I just thought that was so interesting and especially once they bring back Darth Maul and like his whole storyline especially with his uh brother Savage and his like witch queen mother whatever you want to call her uh the night mother the night mother and like he became quite the villain and then dude the scene when Sidious finds out that he's still alive and he comes to kill him and he murders Savage, like, in front of him. I was like, holy shit, Sidious is, like, terrifying. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, like, the whole last season was... Well, I, okay, minus... The Disney Plus season? Yeah, the Disney Plus season. But Which, by the way, it's so frustrating how it's labeled on Disney Plus because the, um, the thumbnail for the entire series now is just called... It says Star Wars Clone Wars, the final season. So I was like, oh, this has to be just the last season. I don't want to jump to that. 
So I, I spent like five or 10 minutes, probably just five minutes looking for the whole, the rest of the series until I found out that like, oh no, it's just all under that. Oh, one it tab. says like seven seasons on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? Why? But like, so I definitely you watched the how... movie first, right? I did. I, I watched that like, wasn't it ago. great? It's okay. <laughs> it's so bad. It's just like, I didn't, I couldn't stand most of the episodes early on that revolved around like R2-D2 and C-3PO because it was all very, very childish and I get it. It's R2-E. A kid's yeah, also that. That's that, that yeah, stupid. That was, yeah, that's, it's that so terrible. weird that like I hated it. I hated Ahsoka in the beginning because she kept saying shit like R2-E and uh, uh, Oh, she but, was the worst character. Yeah. But like by the end of the series, dude, she's like one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. in all of Star Wars. It's amazing. Uh, and I see what you mean though at this point that like for the last season the only storyline that was just kind of like okay was ahsoka's storyline that like up until that middle tier coruscant repair shop it it really didn't come back or help at all but then like once she goes and she meets anakin again and like you see the last time they see each other before she becomes he becomes darth vader i was just like this is heartbreaking because yeah. you know what that this is the last time they're going to see each other. And I love that like half of the last season, like the, the three parter last episodes or whatever took place during episode three. Yeah. It's so, Oh my God. It's so good. The way they do that. It was and, really, really cool. I really right? liked it. And yeah, like, and then when order 66 happens and, like, dude, the whole storyline where Rex is trying to figure out why, like, Fives went nuts or whatever. And, um, oh, God, the other guy who they thought was dead for a long time and they found him and he's like... Oh, Echo? Echo. Dude, like, that yeah, was... Yeah, the ARC troopers, man. That was heartbreaking when Fives found, like, found out what was going on and he was killed for it. And you're just like, oh, no, he was, he was so close to saving everyone. And... Yeah, and like uh, Rex, he's broken by that. Like, man, I did not expect the last season to be so emotional, but like, man, they they really did a good job transitioning between episode like the Clone Wars show and the movies. And I especially love that last shot where like Anakin walks out on like the snow planet or whatever, and he's looking at the wreckage of the the ship that Ahsoka was on. And he just assumes that she's dead. Um, and he's full on Darth Vader at that point. He's got the suit and the uh, the lightsaber. Well, I don't see why he would have done the lightsaber, I guess. Was, I don't know. I just really liked that shot. So, yeah, everyone was right. Clone Wars is really good past season three. Told you, man. There is so much. It's just so rich with like all this stuff. And the best part, too, is like all the characters that are in it. They'll be like in an episode and they'll just reappear like two seasons later or they'll just be all over the place out of nowhere. Like uh, one thing you don't one thing that was very interesting, like the first season, remember that toy Darien King? It's like uh, he's like the the water race. Um, yeah, he, he like Yoda comes to him. It's like between Asajj Ventress and Yoda and they're trying to get like uh, his favor and he's like, oh, a Jedi is not worth, like, a hundred battle droids. More like a thousand and stuff. <laughs> and, like, uh, Ventress goes to kill him and Yoda stops her and stuff. But, like, he's only there. And then you see him again way later. Because Savage Oppressed just straight up goes to assassinate him under Darth... Uh, Darth uh, uh, I mean, Count Dooku, basically. Yeah. Uh, it's like, what have you done? And then stuff. He just breaks his neck and he's like, well, oh, well. <laughs> 
but there, it's like all these weird connections and stuff. And there's honestly, if you watch it, there's a lot of great references to like non-Star Wars stuff. Like, uh, did you watch the Kaiju episode? Uh, In one season, there was like a giant rampaging monster at one point, And it's because uh, Dave Filoni's like a Godzilla fan and stuff. I don't remember that. Yeah, and I forget which season it is, but yeah, there's like a giant monster rampage. Uh, there's that ice episode, uh, the ice planet episode, where it's like the uh, the the Senate, like there's the race of people that are part of the Republic, and then there's like more uh, local native type uh, species of people that are kind of, I guess in a way, savage, like you don't understand what they're saying, but they're pretty much like, they're oh, the yeah. other yeah and they have that whole like it's kind of like a it's a western it's like a john wayne cowboy movie because it's the whole thing of like oh they're coming at us we have to like push the carts down and use the speeder bikes as like a circular cover and it's like the clones and that dude just holding down that area as they get picked off one by one by the natives and stuff and it was like kind of in the vein of that kind of style of old cowboy indian movies a little bit so they yeah. do have a lot of references and stuff it's very interesting and honestly really well utilized uh but i'm glad i'm glad you finally got through it dude it's also really interesting to see the uh art style just like evolve throughout the seasons like it's still mm-hmm. kind of claymation well not i shouldn't say claymation it's still very like flat looking but you like the lighting gets a hell of better oh yeah because like, this is like the cg animation yeah yeah like if you go from like the first episode and then jump to like the last season it you're just like what the fuck this is the same show it, yeah they advance so much through this and then uh i forget if you have you watched rebels yet i have so the, uh, isn't it such a you notice the animation drop in quality like it's so heavily yeah, there like i don't know i i don't think it looked bad but it's definitely like they tried to go for the same style but different and it's yeah not quite as good i think the biggest outlier is you look at bo-katan in clone wars yeah and then you look at bo-katan and rebels and you're like i thought disney had money what happened yeah, it's um, definitely noticeable when there's characters that are in both se- uh, series and you're just like oh huh yeah rebels is it's good but you can tell it's not it's not clone wars quality yet it's not even close it's really like night and day in terms of uh quality uh which is kind of sad but at least it's there at the very least but yeah i'll probably get to it after uh you get through your next ones for sure uh i'll do just a game for now and then i'll do the movies after your next one but uh i want to talk about shadow of war yeah and I keep forgetting. Is that the first one or the second one? That's the second one. The first one's okay. Shadow of Mordor, and that one felt more so like, uh, yo, this is crazy. And I will say, like, the Shadow games, more so with Shadow of War. I'm like, yo, the, I feel like out of all the, you know, you get all these other Lord of the Rings games, and they feel like they're part of the world. You feel like you're doing something, or like, oh, it's another story set at the time everything's yeah. happening. Uh, with the Shadow games, I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm playing someone's deviantart fan fiction story as a game especially for the second one where they're like yo what if shelob was a sexy lady <laughs> yeah i'm like uh what what <laughs> so yeah these games what are... if Gollum was everywhere <laughs> dude it i i'm like okay this is straight up fanfic like it, it feels like fan fiction it doesn't it's funny because there it's ironic there's a lot of care put into it like there is some interesting stuff they do with like uh 
there's like collectibles you could find and at one point they talk about the blue wizards and stuff oh, and cool uh everything else Something but it's like never mentioned in the books or the movies yeah and they're like you know there's you know there's slaves in Mordor. like they take humans and like they they have them work in like the deeper areas you don't see in the films or really read about in the books and i'm like yeah i know that but it's like the way they do everything here because everything about this feels fan fiction they don't it feels like they don't have the full license for everything mm. because you notice all of the creatures in this aren't in the books aren't in the movies it's all alternate named stuff like they don't have wargs they have caragors i think oh. they don't have yeah it's like very much like alternate named everything i didn't even notice that yeah they don't have trolls they have um like i forget what it is but, but they call if it, they they have like goblins and orcs though yes uh they do have orakai specific i think it's just orakai that mm. they have i don't even think there's orcs in it technically uh or maybe there is I but keep forgetting there's actually a distinction there <laughs> yeah there yeah. <laughs> james you gotta if you're a tolkien man you gotta know the distinction between orakai. their armor their armor is thick and their shields broad james how do you not know this <laughs> come on bro well i know that the orakai are like made from corrupted elves or whatever supposedly but then that just makes me wonder like what the fuck's an orc yeah the orcs are just like big goblins, goblins. <laughs> not no but there's goblins too so it's yeah. a <laughs> james you gotta know your anatomy bro <laughs> um but it's just weird having all these alternate named creatures when you know that there's already these creatures and you're like why did they do that especially because it's like oh they're only found in mordor and i'm like okay but you know they still use the creatures from mordor and take them on their conquests like that doesn't really make any sense and stuff or whatever yeah don't they also call the okay the the nazgul are not the things that the they're not the flying things or no the nazgul are the the nazgul are the wraiths they are the wraiths the the dragons they fly are called fell beasts right okay but in i've Am I wrong? Did I vaguely remember that in the Shadow games, they call them drakes? It, yeah, it's like something else. It's not... Yeah, they don't have fill beasts either. It's basically every single animal is named something else and slightly designed differently. Man, that's something uh, I to didn't make it look like I, like... I Granted, I didn't play the first one for for long. Yeah, it's it's really weird. And, and of course, you know, there's another ring of power. It's a blue... It's like a silver ring with... A, instead of gold with, like, red inscription, it's uh silver with blue inscription hmm. and honestly it is a cool ring uh and it, it but it's also like dude that's as fanfic as it gets that's like someone you would write someone would write like yo i made my own ring and blah 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 and i'm just like what are you talking about bro i made uh, another one it's rose gold and green <laughs> this is this is part of my head canon <laughs> and they they do that and then they do a whole thing where, at least in the story, you know, you have uh, Shelob is basically uh, like working with you. She's working against Sauron, which mm-hmm. is super weird. And it, it's it, it's just interesting because she's like, I'm not bad. And then you're like, she's not bad. And then she just kind of sees Frodo and tries to eat him as a spider. And I'm like, yeah, because, you know, she you make her that intricate in this. But then in the other one, in the book and the movie, she's just a fucking spider that's just like, I want to eat you. Yeah, spider's got to eat. (laughs) She didn't even care about the ring at all. But in this, like, she's so, like, I don't, it doesn't really match. And I get, like, the whole thing of, like, you know, she means more to that in the lore and everything else. But really, it's her mom, Ungolian, who's, like, the the mother of the spiders and shit. And it, it just doesn't. 
it doesn't match up as well. And I like she's a cool character if you don't look at her as who she is, mm-hmm. which is hard because you look at her name and you go, um, okay, sure. But like I, I get what they're trying to do. And then they have um I'm not gonna lie. And I, I'm not like I said, I'm not trying to be racist or anything. But uh, for the Gondor forces, you know, you have uh, Minas Ethel, and it's eventually Minas Morgul there. And you have like this dude who's in charge. I forget. He's like this, not the steward, but he's like the commander of it. And then you got his daughter and then you got this captain and the captain. I'm looking at him and I'm like, I guess they just put a black dude in like that's it doesn't. I guess it at first I'm like, I'm thinking back at the movie and the book. I'm like, are there, are there, are there black dudes in this? And they actually do a full explanation, James. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm actually not from Gondor. And you're like, oh, where are you from? And he's like, oh, I'm from I'm Rune. I'm an Easterling. Oh. I'm from the East. And I'm like, oh, my God, that may, that's actually really cool. I like that they did that. Oh, and that is cool. Yeah, they made a full like uh, inclusion of it, which makes sense. Because it's like it's not like black people don't exist in Middle Earth. It's just technically in terms of the regions, just kind of like in A Song of Ice and Fire. And honestly, right. like the Gregler Globe, like people are from different continents and stuff. And you get that here where it's like, oh, I'm not from here. Uh, I just like got employed here. And I just at this point, like I'm very loyal because of like everything done for me. And I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. OK, cool. Like it's not just like some kind of weird shoehorn in thing or anything like that, hmm. which I really like that they naturally do that. So that was a plus for them. And uh, he's honestly, what is his name? It was like Bear, Bear something. Because honestly, it's been a while since I played this. And it was like, I already forgot all the Gondor people's names, honestly, in <laughs> both games. Like, besides, I almost forgot his name. Besides Talion, the main character, <laughs> I forgot everyone's names. Talion, and it was like Bear, Bear, some, I can't remember. It's Bear something. He's like the only cool character, honestly, because you have like DLC with him that honestly is meaningless, but at least he, like his dialogue is kind of interesting uh you're like going through and you're helping defend minas ethyl and then you're going to these different areas and like trying to conquer them so it's doing the whole thing all over again where you're like oh i need to go and uh build an army of orcs and stuff and i think the very first orc you uh take over what's his name um rat bag in the yeah. first game comes back in this and he like becomes one of your generals or something oh that's kind of funny yeah because uh you work with this other big dude and they like one of them betrays you and it's like oh now you get the it's interesting because it, with the orc storyline it kind of just shows you how it works with the conquest and managing your kingdoms because eventually like uh they can either if something happens one of them can betray you and they'll take over and then you have to start all over again and it's like this whole thing and it's fine it's just after a while it gets kind of um i would say a mix of grindy and Mm. menial because you just it gets very repetitive like Ah. the gameplay is cool and i think it was it was more interesting in shadow of mordor because shadow of mordor didn't feel as big like it was like you got your stuff done you did your stuff and it was just kind of done whereas this one is like oh you got to keep going keep conquering doing Mm. all this stuff it takes quite some time and i'm like you know this is one of those things it could be once again i i feel like i'm coming from a very skewed perspective because i'm like you know i'm going from game to game i'm just knocking out these games left and right i'm not really here to take my time and i'm just trying to get through it so i could be completely wrong here like i want to make sure that's uh said 
but uh, for the most part, it, it was one of those like, are you really respecting our time on this kind of thing? Like, mm-hmm. it feels like you're kind of abusing it just like Odyssey did a bit, which I'll talk about eventually. And one thing with it, too, is I've heard about a lot of the issues people had with it when they first played because they put a lot of stuff behind microtransactions. Yeah, where like you could, you you could ha- buy like whole platoons of uh, orcs and stuff like that to just and not have to grind. Yeah, it's like, oh, you have to grind through to do everything or you could buy your way through it. And it's like, dude, you have to pay money to progress in the game that you already paid for. That's or a single like player game. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, that is so fucked up. That is incredibly fucked up. And I still felt that like I was like, I don't know if they really fixed it or not because I still felt like I was grinding and I was getting tired. I remember hearing that they removed those microtransactions at some point because there was so much fan backlash. But like they never fixed it. Yeah, it sounds like they didn't really fix the grind. They just took out the uh, microtransactions. Oh, yeah, because technically all right, technically I didn't finish the game. Really? So I got through the story. I did everything. And like you have this story with Idriel, the elf, who's like the blade of Gladriel. And you have Baradur. I'm going to call him Baradur because I don't remember what his name is anymore. Uh, or no, Baranor. I think it's Baranor. We're going to go with that. His name is now Baranor. <laughs> uh, the the captain of the guard of like Minas Ethel uh, uh, and stuff. And like they're the two biggest characters besides this. Uh, I forget what her name is, but she's like the the lieutenant or like the the commander's daughter and she's like another gondor soldier but you're helping them out and then eventually you know minasethil falls and becomes minas morgul the witch king becomes like the head and at one point you actually kill uh one of the nazgul and Um, they're like dead dead and you also get to kind of see the past of all these other nazgul you see which who was who like one was a king of i want to say rohan or something at one point and he succumbed to the ring. Uh, two of the Nazgul are actually sisters. And huh. they are from a very far away land in the east. That's actually like an Asian land. Like they're Asian. And I'm like, what? That's <laughs> and interesting. But they end up killing their dad and succumbing to it. It's very weird. It's like it does the whole thing of like the, the Sauron disguise where he's like an elf. Uh, that's how he tricks Celebrimbor into making the rings. He disguises himself as an oh. elf to work with them and then he's like he betrays them and stuff and i'm just kind of like yo we're getting with all the different origins of the nazgul it very much feels like it's like kind of cool seeing it but also i'm like okay we're getting like real fanfic here right now because i don't i'm like did the did the estate help you write this i don't feel like the estate helped you write any of this game yeah i know when i say the estate i mean the estate of jr tolkien right like i thought the nazgul were all like human kings yes and they are it's just like random people i guess well it's weird i don't know it's very weird it's very weird i it's very confusing and i'm like wait so not even all the nazgul are dudes and i'm like two are not even queens they're like princess sister twins and i'm like like they didn't read the book (laughs) i'm like what are you talking about i'm like i don't remember them looking like that in the uh it was either okay if I'm trying, I'm trying to remember as correctly as possible. I think the Nazgul, the, the way they make the Nazgul in this one is the Nazgul aren't really specific people anymore. 
they're a mantle at that point because I'm trying to I'm trying to remember if the Nazgul actually come to that land in the east where the daughters actually kill the Nazgul and they take the rings. I want to say that's what happened and then they become it. So that's why that's their workaround for it. But it still was just kind of like, why though? Like, where did that come from? How did that even occur? Yeah, that's so and weird. I th- oh, now I remember. They do it really weird because one of the kings is Helm Hammer. Helm's Deep, huh? the guy that created Helm's Deep. They're like, oh, oh he's a Nazgul. And I'm like, well, is cool. he though? Is Noah. he? Was he? I don't think he was. Like, I'm pretty sure he wasn't in the actual lore. Like, it was just super weird. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get more into it because it's like we're just getting into the, the 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 super like lore aspects here. But it was just it definitely feels just like a full on fan fiction story. You got the Gollum stuff. It's very whatever. But you get through it all, and it's like okay. Uh, Talion is now a ring wraith. He like got one of the ring. He got the ring from the Nazgul he killed, and he is now becoming a ring wraith. And then you have the two little stories, and one's like. Baranor, and it's like him doing stuff in the more desert part of Mordor, where I'm like, oh, there's a more desert part? I forgot. And there's even more, there's like worms, and I guess like, he's, him and like some of the other people there are gonna run like a weird rebellion. They're just gonna be like guerrilla fighters or something in the lands of Mordor, and I'm like, okay, have fun. (laughs) And then, uh, (laughs) uh, you have um, Idriel and her story is interesting too because she gets the ring she gets the fanfic ring the blue the silver blue ring and she gets that Talion becomes a ringworth Celebrimbor gets merged with Sauron and together they become the eye of Sauron what <laughs> yeah so Celebrimbor is part of Sauron and they're the way it works is the Eye of Sauron isn't even fully Sauron. They're basically in an eternal duel <laughs> or something. It's like really weird. That's so stupid. And uh, the whole thing is Talion. The whole story is Talion's like, I'm going to, as a Nazgul and as an orc commander, I'm going to keep a civil war going in Mordor long enough to give Gondor time to prepare for Mordor. Like, I'm just going to buy them enough time. So this is where part two... So you finish the game and they go, okay, cool. Now part two. You have to (laughs) reconquer all of the lands or something. And I'm like, wait, what? And it's like, yeah, you have to do like 12 land conquests. So all these regions, you have to do it like 12 times or something. Or like get 12 of them. I forget how it was. But it's like, yeah, just do everything all over again. And then you'll get the ending. And I'm just like, um... I feel like I've heard this before and it was, it's kind of like, remember Arkham Knight where you don't get the real ending until you do all the Riddler stuff or so you get to hundred yeah. percent the game completely. And you get that little cutscene where it shows them in the alleyway and that's it. Man, that's annoying. It's the same fucking thing here. <sighs> you do all of that for a little cutscene, And I'm just like, you, you really thought this was a cool thing that you thought this was cool. You thought this was a good idea when you made this fucking game. Was that really your plan? And dude, it, it's all, all it is, is Talion, you know, eventually succumbs to the ring and he joins the ring rates and then he gets his freedom when the ring is destroyed, when the one ring is destroyed. Um, what? 
he see like uh he like opened he gets to the field i guess and he gets to see his family in the afterlife or some shit because he was finally killed as a nazgul so he goes to like the heaven or whatever but then it also ends with like his calibrimbor gets sent he actually escapes the eye of sauron and you see him like fly off in the distance and idriel (laughs) you get her perspective and she sees the ring the blue the silver ring glowing and she's like Celebrimbor, you're calling. So she's gonna go head to Celebrimbor, and I'm just like, what? Is there a third one? Wait, <laughs> the fuck? Is this a post movie <sighs> book one? What the? F- I am just so flabbergasted that this was a story, and Man. it's like, okay, the gameplay is cool. It's very much honestly kind of like Assassin's Creed. It feels like at least the earlier Assassin's Creed games a little bit, and. You know, of course, the the cool thing that the Shadow Games had going for them is this very unique, um, the tech of the uh, Nemesis system, of course. Like, that was always the biggest uh, strength of these games was the Nemesis system, where it's like the cool progression with the orcs, how if they beat you, they rank up and they right. remember you. And I was just like, for all of that, though, it wasn't worth it to me. Like, I, I definitely did not really like this game, honestly. Like, it, it was it was okay but i i was like it was one of those games where i wanted to get done fast like i didn't care anymore i was like i just want to see how this goes get to the end and then i find out the end is just hey do all of this all over again and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna youtube the ending because i don't want to do this that sounds so menial for me to do and i really don't want to and your gameplay is not worth it for me to do do that so i was just yeah i was just floored with that game honestly Shadow of, Shadow of Mortar is a lot better, honestly. I, I like the first one. I genuine, genuinely genuinely liked it, but this one was just too much for me personally. I, I didn't enjoy that, and I'm honestly also tired of Gollum, and I can't believe they're making a Gollum. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like the like I really wanted to get to these games at some point, and I might play Shadow of Mortar like still, but man, it sounds like Shadow of War is just really goes off the rails at the end. It, you, you, all right, I would say play Mordor, see how you like it, but right. you might not, it, it feels much more down to earth because it's not as insane. Uh, when you get to war though, they go off the rails completely mm-hmm. and I don't know, it, I would say, yeah, just try Mordor. If you like it enough and you really, really love it, then I would say try war, but even then it's still going to be, you're going to feel like you're going to grind at a certain point mm. and it's going to hit you. And when it does, you're just like, do I want to actually keep playing this game? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Back to you. So like I mentioned, I have also watched star Wars rebels, which is kind of the sequel series to star Wars, star Wars clone wars. I mean, not, not directly. It's just chronologically. It comes after clone, uh, clone wars. It's, you know, the Empire is in full swing, and it's supposed to be the start of the Rebellion. And I liked it, you know? Um, it wasn't quite as uh, grand of a scale as Clone Wars, because it literally was like, that was a galaxy-spanning war. And this, they in Rebels, they stayed close to Ezra's homeworld for most of the time. And it's a very set crew. Of, it's not like yeah. varying stories. It's just this one crew of people. And honestly, I liked all the characters. Like Hera, the captain slash pilot, I thought was a cool Twi'lek. Um, Ezra, I thought was interesting as like a young Padawan learning how to be a Jedi. And, you know, being tempted to the dark side at least a couple times. 
Um, Kanan, I thought was a really interesting Jedi, especially when he basically became like the daredevil Jedi. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Cause at some point he like blocks a lightsaber bla- uh, shot and it like, I guess it got too close to his face and it like burned his eyes. So he, he gets blinded. Yeah. That's like the end of season two, I think. Yeah. And he eventually learns how to see through the force and dude, I liked that weird, like gray Jedi entity, like Bendu the gray or whatever. I thought that was like an interesting character, especially when at some point Kanan kind of like goads him into just like losing his shit so he can attack the empire and he's just like, everyone get off my planet now, including the Rebellion. <laughs> and Oh, yeah, and Thrawn tries to take him on. Dude, Thrawn straight up fucking, well, seems to kill him. He, like, literally, sh- he's like, okay, shoot for the middle of that giant storm. <laughs> and they just, like, shoot him out of the sky. And then he, like, finds him, and he's just like, what manner of creature are you? And it's just, like, one that you po- can't possibly comprehend or something like that. And he laughs and, and disappears. Yeah, he tries to uh, shoot him in the head and then, like, the camera changes again and his body's just, like, gone. And there's, like, a blaster scorch mark on the ground. So it's just like, oh, shit. Did he just, like, become one with the Force like the other Jedi do? That's super interesting. Like, there's a lot of cool shit like that. And you see um, Darth Maul a little bit more. uh, Although at this point, he's basically just been relegated to being, like, I guess Sidious's head of crime I don't know. Like, he has his part to play um, in, I guess, keeping disorder in the galaxy enough that um, Sidious can justify doing the things that he does. I I don't know. They weren't really clear on why Sidious kept uh, Darth Maul alive. Other oh, than, in the Clone Wars? Yeah. He just said, like, I have another... I have uh, uses for you. And then you see him again in Rebels and... Eh, eh. Well, so there is a... Uh, there is a bridge to it. There is a comic. Oh. There was originally a Clone Wars arc. So even though there's a final season of Clone Wars, there were two, at least two arcs they never finished. One was um, one with Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Voss, which turned into a novel. And one with Darth Maul that's called Son of Dathomir. And that's a comic. And in it, I think, like, the Night Mother actually fights Sidious and then dies fighting him and stuff. But uh, Darth Maul escapes again. So he's actually not under Sidious's thumb. But he does do his own conquest still of um, the Underworld, like, that he did in Clone Wars. But right. here's the thing. So uh, you may... They were actually... It's a really interesting timeline. So they do uh, Clone Wars. Then they do Son of Dathomir. And in between Dathomir and Rebels is supposed to be the solo stuff from the movies oh. that they were going to do in that solo trilogy. So that's when that happens. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then the uh, oh God, Chopper was that like R2 unit. I although I, I don't know if he was. He's, he's the sassy droid. Yeah. And like he was surprisingly funny and characteristic for just a droid that mostly goes like bleep boop. Um, yeah. And then, oh God, what was the the other guy the alien guy um oh uh sev zev yeah or something like that sev um yeah zevran i think yeah and like he had an interesting storyline and like they he ended up finding like a new home world for his people because the empire tried to like basically eradicate them uh i think my only complaint oh also i guess before i get to this i love that they brought thrawn from the extended universe into the into this show and made him like 
kind of not a terrifying villain but like an imposing one because he just like especially because they do they keep true to the whole thing of like he uses cultures to take out yeah, his enemies like he studies the, uh, the aliens that he or the people that he is you know um what's the word uh told to like subjugate or whatever and he uses their you know culture and their practices against them and stuff like that or just like if he can't he'll just like eradicate them entirely and it's just it's interesting that he's not only got he always has like a plan for anything but it's just interesting that he is one of the few alien like non-human uh create people in the empire and he's like really high rank like that tells you how important he is that like he got past the emperor's like prejudice against non-humans to be like gr- a grand admiral like even then too i mean he's a very special case too cuz he's not a normal alien like he's a chiss and they're not even from the galaxy really they're from oh. like uh apparently they're from another galaxy or I something like that yeah because you never see another chiss anywhere oh, um yeah. they're very rare i forget if they're either it's either they're in the outer rim or they could be potentially from a neighboring galaxy mm. just like uh you know about the yuzong vong right they that sounds familiar they're the expanded universe stuff in the books like they're straight up a it's like post return of the jedi and it's like uh, during the time when the the Republic and the Imperial Remnant have been kind of at odds for a while. Uh, the Yuuzhan Vong come from another galaxy and invade this galaxy to the point where it's just like, oh god, they're not even from here. What is this race of people? And like everyone has to band together from that galaxy to fight them, including the Imperials. Mm. But yeah, and then but I, I guess forget if I he only... is uh, that kind of thing. Oh, and then Sabine. I I totally forgot about Sabine Wren. Like she yeah. was an interesting Mandalorian. I like. Her armor was a lot more colorful than most of the other ones. And I thought it was interesting that she was like a tagger. <laughs> like she's kind of, she's. That was always weird. It's like yeah, one of the only times yeah. you see Mandalorians like pr- express themselves through art other than just like the or- ornateness of their armor and stuff like that. It and, was just, I think it was weird in the first season because she's like, I'm a rebel. Yeah. And you're just like, okay. Sure. And I, I thought it was so interesting that like the reason why she like, she was initially in the um imperial academy or whatever to be a pilot and she also she's like apparently brilliant so she was used to design a weapon that like could be used against like mandalorians and she was like oh they'll never actually use this and then they did and she was just like holy fuck the empire they're full of monsters and they used me to make a weapon against my own people and she like really couldn't forgive herself for that and she like her family basically exiled her until there was a point where she came back and was like we need your help and yeah i thought that was uh, so interesting and she she was gone for a while literally just doing stuff on mandalore uh but i guess my only complaint with the series as a whole is the end like it felt super rushed Mm -hmm. like it it like yeah. it honestly felt like Disney for some reason just like canceled it. And we're like, okay, we'll just have Sabine narrate all the shit that's supposed to happen between the, this episode and like episode four of star Wars. And it was just really weird that they did that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, like you said, I thought Disney had money <laughs> and they just I were feel like, like so they, they were trying this. to rush in because 
you know, you had your Clone Wars show, and then they got Clone Wars, and they looked at it when they got Lucasfilm, and they said, oh. we don't have time for this anymore. Let's get to Rebels. And then you get Rebels, and they're in the middle now of their sequel trilogy. And they're like, this is great, but we need to get to the sequel stuff now. So then they did their, they had to sideline this for Resistance, their next show, which was only two seasons. And I think it, each one takes place in between an, uh, a movie. I could be wrong, honestly. I don't know, and mm. I honestly don't care that much either because I just don't care about that show. Yeah. Like that was also, if you look at that one, uh, I didn't even bother watching it because one, it definitely feels like it's a different audience. Like, I mean, obviously it's for kids. It seems like that one was, I think, it was put on like the kids' channel for Disney, and uh, it the animation is just not even the same as even rebels and clone wars yeah. like at least clone wars and rebels feel similar this one was just like never mind <laughs> i'm like uh you know what i'm just gonna skip this one it's okay that's all right yeah and it's, it's not meant for me anyway it's like okay. it's interesting that ezra learned how to communicate with basically any animal through the force and there's like space whales with their own hyperdrives, but it's really weird because like the last thing you see of ezra is like he's on a ship with Thrawn he's like trying to save the rest of the rebellion because Thrawn's like about to just destroy them in his Star Destroyer or whatever and just like a bunch of those space whales show up and Ezra gets them to like latch on to the Star Destroyer and just like hyperspace jump them away to somewhere and that's just that's it and and so that's why I I'm now really interested in that Ahsoka show that they're gonna do because depending on when it is and when it takes place because she said in um, The Mandalorian, like, where is Thrawn? So, like, are we going to get answers to that event mm-hmm. finally? So, I think um, the Ahsoka show will be a spiritual sequel to Rebels because mm. you were... I already know... Like, I feel like we're going to get Ahsoka, of course, and it seems like we're going to get Thrawn. We're probably going to get... Well, we'll see Ezra because it'll be what happened to Ezra. And we'll have Sabine. So we'll get actual live action casting for those three characters. So we already got Rosario Dawson as a right. which is perfect. Yeah. But yeah, Sabine, Ezra, and Thrawn will be cast for live action, which is going to be really cool. Like I could just, I just have to assume that's what's going to happen. And then um, I'm curious for if they decide to also add in Hera, but I don't think they, I don't know if they will, but I mean, I'm fine. If they don't, it's understandable. Yeah. But, you know, for sure, like, it just seems like the ones they have to have is going to be Sabine, Ezra, and Thrawn, for sure. For sure. But I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it for the most part. Yeah. And yeah, it's a... Uh, Kanan, too, is interesting because I feel like they... Here's, he is a Disney version of Cal Katarn from the expanded, like, pre... Oh, okay. Yeah, from the Star Wars video games, like Dark Forces and whatever. I forgot what they were called, but, like, uh, those older Star Wars games. Uh, who is kind of like just like Dash Rendar was like video game Han Solo, Cal Katarn was video game Luke Skywalker, mm. uh, but oh, still okay. part of that canon and stuff and fit in with everything there. Uh, so yeah, he's he's pretty much I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be like, hey, we did it, but we just didn't give him the name, so like that character never still existed in this world. Uh, yeah, damn it, Disney. And he was voiced by Freddie Prince Jr., which is cool. What? I, d- yeah. I totally missed that. <laughs> yeah, Kanan was voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Uh, yeah, so is that all your Rebel stuff? Yeah, that's about it, I think. I'm trying to keep it not super long. 
Yeah, I, I went off on a rant for Shadow of War. Sorry about that. No, no worries. I, I'm trying to practice doing the like setting like a five minute timer for me just so I know like how long I've been. For sure. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll definitely talk about that. I think in episode 93, right. uh, we'll we'll do that new uh, format that we got planned. Yeah. Uh, but all right, jumping into movies and TV shows now. Let's knock these out. So remember this one, James. I watched. Uh, I showed people for Monster Movie Thursday. I showed them Frankenstein Conquers the World. So uh, yeah, dude, it was great watching it again. Just like seeing uh, them take a Germanic story of Frankenstein and kind of keep it there, where it's like, oh, the the Nazi scientists or whatever yeah. during World War II got this heart of Frankenstein. Or they had Frankenstein. They took his heart, and it somehow made it to Japan. And this is where it gets crazy. The heart grows into a person. Yeah, I love they explain like. Oh god, it's like any part of Frankenstein can make a new whole Frankenstein. So apparently Frankenstein's a starfish. <laughs> yeah. And you can make multiple Frankensteins because uh yeah, if you cut them in half, now you have two different Frankensteins. Yeah, it, and it actually becomes a plot point later that's like we can't just explode him because what if like we then have like a thousand frankensteins oh they're just running around and you know he was going to be a normal frankenstein but he was hit by the radiation i think wasn't it the bombs uh wasn't that what occurred i don't remember something happened that got it the heart irradiated so it allowed it to grow into a boy who turned into a man who turned into a very 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 large man and, you know, he's in Japan and people at first, scientists are taking care of him. He breaks out because he gets too big and people were like, oh, we could make money off him potentially. And it was either that or the press just got a little too much with him. And they start blaming him for all these deaths in the mountainous areas of Japan. And then it turns out that there's an actual monster. And this is actually your intro to Baragon. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I think I was thinking of Godzilla... Or no, uh, War of the Gargantuas. <laughs> yeah, that's in the sequel. But like, uh, yeah, you get Baragon, who's in Destroy All Monsters. So you get another, like, the reason we're doing this because it's like all these one shots that also like, eventually all these one shots lead to the Destroy All Monsters movie, which is like the big monster royale and stuff. And like I said, you get the the interesting monsters that aren't from the Godzilla movies, like Baragon, Varan, Manda. And you see them all. And uh, yeah, and, you know, like I said, Varan the Unbelievable, that movie was horrible it's just bad uh etragon is interesting and manda's barely in it to be honest and then you have this and this is probably the three the best one and baragon definitely is he's just utilized and he doesn't have a, the biggest part but it's like oh hey here's the monster and frankenstein fights him and beats him i think he kills him but uh it ends with like them fighting i think at the volcano yeah, and he just, like, falls into the volcano and just like, oh, well, not a problem anymore. Yeah, and I think his hand gets cut off at one point, too, and it, like, crawls away or something. Wasn't that I it? No, I just remember that at some point, because of the sequel, War of the Gargantuas, there's, like, two of them, and they're, like... I think it was he lost an arm, and that's what happens. Yeah, and there's which... just, like, now there's two, and they're fighting each other. You know, I'll just... Should I just knock that one out since yeah, we're already talking not? about it? Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, I'll also watch War Gargantuas later on. But that one straight up is, like... Yeah, uh, his arm fell off and grew up into another kaiju. And they changed his design, because in the first movie, he looks just like a giant man. 
And this one, he looks like a hairy ape beast. He looks like a Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, and he's like a, a brown monster. And I think his name is Sanda at this. They rename him Sanda. And then the other one is called like uh, Jira or something. I forget. It's a... Uh, it start, it start there was like an G? aquatic one or whatever. Like the, they, yeah. they find him under the water initially. And it's funny because this one is like, you know, one is docile. The Frankenstein one is docile. He's very peaceful. And the other one is just straight up like, I want to eat people. I'm just, I really want to just eat people. So all these people start disappearing again. <laughs> and I love his face. It wasn't it his face is underwater and he's like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> like he's ready to eat someone. It's like one of the first things you see in the movie is like a fisherman is on his boat and he like looks over the side of his boat and there's like a dude under the water just going like, he's like smiling like, oh, hey, and And he's like, oh, no, this scares the shit out of the fisherman. And then, yeah, he gets straight up eaten. And like, I think the funniest part, though, was the the singing. You know, I'm talking about that scene where it's that woman performing and she's she's like singing a song and then what's his face uh uh the evil one comes out behind her and i was like oh my god oh yeah oh i forgot about that uh yeah like on a rooftop dude, somewhere part- <laughs> and dude that's the best part of that movie i think is because it's so it's so random because he just comes out and he's just like at first kind of like i love this song whoop and he just grabs her <laughs> And I, uh, doesn't she survive? Because like they shine a light on him, I don't and remember. they can't stand the light. Something like that. Oh yeah, because it's like uh, they they find out that like the one that came out of the ocean is, I guess because the other Frankenstein's arm fell to like the bottom of the ocean and grew back a whole one. They posited that like down there in the depths there's no light so it would have grown up with being you know not exposed to light so if we shine a light in its face that would really hurt it yeah and it's just like oh shit i can't see and i love it because he comes over and he's like wow this is really great music i think i'll just eat her <laughs> and he just goes to eat her but yeah the the lights save her if i if i remember correctly and it's great because like the military first like tries to kill him and then his brother comes and saves him and he's like hey don't kill him he's my brother but like basically you can get that the way like he's not attacking the military he's just saving him and then he's like you're safe now and then like the brother's like how are you what the hell are you and it's like he's very like aggressive yeah and the good one tries to teach the bad one to be good he's like yeah don't eat people and he's just like fuck that i'll eat people if i want to yeah he finds him he straight up finds him like lounging around somewhere and you look near him is a bunch of clothing and stuff. And you're just, he looks and realizes, oh, fuck, he ate more people. <laughs> and he just is like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to kill you <laughs> and starts fighting him. And it gets to a point where their fight eventually leads to the ocean where there's an underwater volcano or something or like a, a rift in the earth that opens up and they both fall in. Isn't that what happens? Like they, yeah, they both die like at this like and uh one thing i did like is their roars are completely different yeah because uh the green one is very much like "Ah, ah," like it's just like a it's like a more of like a weird screech where the other one's more like deeper and i guess controlled like you can tell which one has the more docile attack roar Mm -hmm. and the one that has like the much more aggressive just like psychotic roar uh but yeah uh two movies 
good times. Uh, honestly, of the one-shot kaiju movies, I would highly suggest those ones. Like, if I could tell you to watch any of the, like, non-Godzilla old Japanese monster movies, watch, like, Rodan, Mothra, the Fra- uh, Frankenstein Conquers the World, and Where the Gargantuas. Those four are really good. Uh, but these two are great because they're, like, the only two that actually follow up with each other, even though they kind of feel different because they completely change the designs yeah. and stuff. But definitely. Um, also, dude, we watched uh, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the the original one. And, you know, it's a great time with that. Uh, oh, yeah. It's the intro to seeing Mechagodzilla for the first time. And people are curious, too, because, like, uh, that movie is very much creating some theories for Godzilla vs. Kong. Because the whole thing with uh, Godzilla vs. Me- Mechagodzilla, why it's so interesting is because in the beginning, you see Godzilla, like, at this point in the Showa era, Godzilla's become, like, a hero. He always helps the humans and stops the bad, like, the more hostile evil monsters. And in this one, like, he's straight up just destroying stuff again. And they're like, why is Godzilla destroying stuff? And then you see Anguirus come up, and you're like, why is Godzilla fighting Anguirus? And which also has the scene where, like, he practically breaks off a part of Anguirus's like, mouth. And it's, Damn. like, horrifying. And it's honestly... Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla is single-handedly the bloodiest Godzilla movie in existence, I would say, personally. Yeah. Uh, you, I would, If you guys want to see a lot of blood, that's the movie to watch. <laughs> in which, you know, it's funny, think, looking back, James, growing up, all my, you know, your, my family was very strict with me when I was really little. Like, you can't watch PG-13 movies when I was older. You can't watch R movies. Like, it was all this restrictive stuff. They don't want me to watch anything. Here I am watching Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, and I'm seeing all this fucking blood. And I'm just like, well, you know, I guess because it's this, it's okay. <laughs> like, I don't know how that worked, but sure. It's all fake. And yeah, you know, it's as long as it's not a human bleeding, it's fine. Even though there's like straight up red blood gushing out, you know, it's it's okay. That's and why all the like 90s and 80s uh, kids cartoons, the enemies had to be like robots or some bullshit. That's true. But, you know, you see Batman bleed in the animated series. So there's always that too. It's very true. You did it. Yeah, animated series is very... They, they did a good job with their stuff. It's so good. But uh, you learn that Godzilla is actually Mechagodzilla. So Mechagodzilla is wearing like a Godzilla skin. And he's actually a robot underneath. And he's also been controlled by gorilla, human, alien, m- m- monkey, beast, aliens. What? Like, it's... You don't remember this? It's like gorilla I don't remember feast. them being like gorilla people. I remember them being aliens. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, there's different sets of aliens depending on the movie. You have, like, all these different versions. And in this one, it's, like, humans wearing, like, these, uh, it's it's humans. And then when they're, uh, when they're shot or something happens, their disguise wears off. And they have, like, a gorilla face. Hmm. And sometimes when they die, like, when they die, you see this face and it's, like, (laughs) 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 it's so good because you're, like, oh, no, it's the monkey people from space. And it's so, it, I love it because I think they're my favorite aliens from any of the Godzilla movies is definitely the, the gorilla people because they're just so ridiculous, especially when they lose their disguises because they just straight up, I feel like they straight up, they just ape out. They're just like, oh, oh and they're straight like attacking people. It's so freaking good. Honestly, like, um, it's just, it's a, it's a real good time, but everyone's kind of like, why is Godzilla destroying everything in Godzilla versus Kong? Everyone's like, what if, cause we know Mechagodzilla is in the movie. What if it's Mechagodzilla doing it? 
and like underneath is actually him and the real Godzilla hasn't been doing this at all the whole time. And part of me is like, oh, that'd be interesting. But also part of me is like, I don't believe it. Like it's inter- it would be cool if they did that, but I'm also not convinced that they would do that. Like I think they're still gonna just keep Mechagodzilla completely separate from that whole like version where he's disguised, and they're gonna keep to the only like uh, oh yeah, it's like a mech, and he's being piloted by a human, or he's just a complete robot being controlled by a human. Very good question. We'll find out on Wednesday. Yeah. Which, guys, this is our last episode before, because uh, we actually already recorded 92. We just had to switch, like I said, switch some stuff up. But uh, this is our last episode before Godzilla vs. Kong comes out. So we're, you know, we're getting close to it, man. Yeah, I saw a thing on Instagram the, uh, just before we recorded saying like three days. And I was like, oh, cool. It's almost yeah. here. We're so freaking close. I'm ready. Uh, last two things I got, at least for this uh, little circuit of stuff. Uh, I watched all of Community from seasons one through six. Dude, I slept on this show. I should have watched this when I was in Community College, and I think I would have gotten so much more out of this than I did now. Like, I loved it now, but I definitely see what I could have gained from it then, just because of how much it would have felt relatable at the time. Because I was was in Community College for like three years before I transferred to a four-year and stuff. So, like, it, it definitely... I definitely felt uh, like a connection there and it was hilarious, dude, especially like, um, I forget which season wasn't, there was some, it, it's like the first three seasons are amazing. Yeah. They're really good. They do a lot of great stuff. The paintball episodes are so fantastic. They're just so ridiculous. Oh yeah. Like I love the look on Jeff's face, like in the first, uh, paintball episode where he like, it's like he they announced that the paintball uh uh game is gonna start in like however many minutes he's like yeah i'm i'm too old to play paintball so i'm just gonna like i forget what his reasoning was but he was like i'm tired i'm just gonna go take a nap in my car and he like goes takes a nap and he wakes up and like it's a wasteland (laughs) and he's just like what the hell happened here and he like finds one of the people from like the study group and they're just like wait you don't know what the prize is it's like it's priority registration. He's like, that's it. That's why everyone's going crazy. Like, that's nothing. And he's like, wait a minute. You mean you get to pick your classes before anyone else? You mean I could just do put all my classes on one day and not have to come for the rest of the week? And like, it dawns on him. Like, <laughs> oh my God, I could do whatever I want if I get this prize. And it's just like, Jeff, calm down. <laughs> it's just so funny. Dude, it's so good because, like, you have, um, I love how he's like, I'm too old for this. And you have Leonard, who is yeah. this old guy who's just like, out of the way, losers. Like, he's just straight up uh, an old dude. Like, he's like 70 something, probably, but he just acts like a kid the whole time. Yeah. It's, dude, that show is so great because you have such a weird dynamic. You got, like, you have Jeff who is like he has his own set of issues among them drinking but also like he's just like a fake he's a real lawyer who just never got his license but he's actually a really good lawyer which is hilarious and then uh freaking britta is such a she trait she (laughs) her transformation is so weird because the first season you're like oh she's like this really smart girl who uh, Jeff just wants to get in her pants and that's it. Yeah. And then as the seasons progress, you're like, 
dude, I don't think she's that smart. <laughs> no, like, dude, one of my favorite jokes in the entire series was when she, like, shows up with a bunch of bagels. And she's just like, hey, guys, I got a bunch of bagels for everyone. They're like, I'm, I'm sorry, what did you call them? Like, they're called bagels. It's like, no, they're called bagels, Britta. It's like, guys, I lived in New York for, like, four years. I know how to pronounce bagels. <laughs> I love that she, that's her thing. I lived in New York. Like, that's what yeah. actually she tells us. She's like, I lived in New York. So, therefore. Yeah. It's like, and like, at the end of the episode, it was like, everyone was supposed to have, like, learned some lesson about how to, like, just be happy with who you are and stuff like that. And she's like, and I learned not to care about how you guys make fun of me for how I pronounce bagel. And then they just, like, all start bursting out and laughing. And she's like, okay for a second. And it's just like, slowly starts to break down into tears <laughs> they still it's keep so, laughing it's so good dude uh, i love that each of these characters are so like you have uh shirley yeah. who's just like over she, she's overly religious so she's like has very weird um uh prejudices on certain yeah. things but like whatever she's like very quiet but when she gets angry she's like oh i'm gonna beat your ass yeah. <laughs> it's so good uh uh dude abed and troy oh dude, my god so i troy and abed in the morning <laughs> it's like wait where are all the cameras oh this isn't a real show like <laughs> i got here at six in the morning <laughs> uh, abed's just like insane with the the different like story because i forget he's slightly isn't he technically like actually slightly on the spectrum he he's probably at least a little bit autistic because he's he doesn't he definitely doesn't quite understand people or like social cues like one of my favorite uh storylines of his was like he started making a like a schedule or or recording the times where like the he just started noticing that every once in a while, the girls in the group treat him, like, differently on some days. Oh, he and, mapped out their periods? Yeah, and he started, like, <laughs> tracking it. And he's just, like, re- it, it, like, before he, by the time he realized what he was tracking, he was like, oh, well, it's too late to, like, not be creepy about this. So he Yeah, he up- just was like, you know, might as well put two feet in, not just, like, you know. Yeah, and, like, definitely the one episode where you you see him, like really not have like a good grip on reality is like when he and Abed or when we, he and Troy move in together, they like dedicate an entire room to just being like a blank room called the Imaginarium. Oh my God. The Imaginarium. uh, Dr. Space time. Yeah. Where they play Dr. Space time. And like Abed can like completely visualize everything. And like at one point Annie was like playing in the Imaginarium with him and he, and she's like, listen, you need to start seeing things like how other people see them sometimes. And so as a play thing, she like rearranges some of the machinery that's like just pit cardboard tubes and shit. And she straight up like breaks Abed's brain. For, like, Dude, he's, doesn't he actually start making sounds? He's he starts like, like yeah, he starts making like a really high pitched, like screeching noise and then just like kind of shuts down. And she's just like, oh shit, I fucking broke Abed. And it's just like, I and mean, he gets better, but like, it's it's it, like when she accidentally wasn't it the batman um she does something to is, is copy of, is it a, a copy of batman or something signed by michael keaton or something i don't remember and her she gets she tells troy so now troy's part of it and they have to figure out what to do 
about like uh they like have to hide it or i forget there's something about they have to like do something with it and it's just they're freaking out over it but it, the amount of stuff that happened because i love that they're room they eventually become roommates it's so yeah. freaking good dude my favorite, and i love yeah, yeah. I, I think my favorite storyline of all the shows was like the probability episode or whatever where they're like oh let's roll oh, wait, are you dice. talking about the the one where it's each of each person went downstairs yeah, it's like let's roll a dice to see who goes to get the pizza and it's like completely different for each person and like troy is like okay no one do anything i don't want to miss a thing oh choice is the darkest like, timeline it's like easily the darkest timeline because like oh like uh oh god what was his name the old guy uh, pierce Chase. pierce like pierce like dies <laughs> it's tr- uh like um jeff loses his voice uh like someone loses an eye <laughs> and it's just like it's it's so funny like the amount of things that go wrong in like two minutes and like the look on troy's face when he comes back and like everything's on fire and he's just like no (laughs) yeah he's just like completely broken and i love i love that they actually use that timeline yeah where they're like (laughs) and it turns out they're all (laughs) you think they're all threatening because it's like, doesn't it like the evil versions have uh, goatees, right? Yeah. Don't they do the goatees? And they actually transport to the real one. And then they uh, do a whole thing about getting rid of them or they never existed. I forget yeah. how it goes. Uh, like There dude, were some so... clever fucking stories in this show. Yeah, because they do. They bring back the darkest timeline, I think, seasons later. Like they, they like they yeah. do like a hint per season and then they finally do it. And you're just like, oh, my God. And then it's like, oh, they're just alcoholics. Yeah. And so they're like half of them are really easy to defeat and stuff. Yeah. Oh, and this one also, I think, and Annie and Jeff, like fully, like, I guess, get into a relationship in the darkest timeline. Yeah, because he's not ashamed of like her being a lot younger than he is anymore or something. Oh, huh. Okay. Even though, like, the whole series is pretty much him kind of going between Annie and Britta half the time until, like, Britta and Troy go out. Yeah. Which, dude, I love Troy. Just, like, he doesn't know anything. So anytime he finds something new out, it's, like, a complete and total discovery for him where he's like, oh, my God. Or, um, what's his face Uh, from Reading Rainbow? Oh my god, that was so fucking funny. Like, there was, yeah, there was, like, an episode where Pierce was trying to fuck with everyone in, like, different ways. And so he gets, and he's trying to make it seem like he's doing nice things, but it's, like, nice things that would, like, destroy you. And so he, like, invites LeVar Burton. Yeah, LeVar Burton! To go, like, meet Troy. And Troy just, like, he sees him, and he just, like, freezes completely. (laughs) He's just, like completely catatonic lavar burton's like trying to talk to him and like later on it cuts to troy and he's just like in the bathroom and he's just like screaming i told him all i want is a picture you can't disappoint a picture and just like at the end of the episode lavar like sits down with him again he like tries to like do something he's like he just starts singing the reading rainbow song (laughs) and it makes it worse i could go twice as He like starts to burst out into tears. He just like runs away sobbing. It was so good, dude. You know what's the not even I, mean, I was gonna say the worst part, but it's actually the best part about that. After that episode, I straight up went and started listening to that song, and I'm like, yo, I don't care how old you are. That that song is amazing, and you should read oh, books. Yeah. 
it's Dude, so that was good. such a great show. Like just it's so good. Like trying to introduce kids to books and getting them interested in reading. Like with fucking You're LeVar just, Burton. LeVar Burton teaches kids to read. It's the best thing you could ask for. Yeah. But, oh, so yeah, dude, that. And did you ever, wait, did you get to the point where Pierce dies? Uh, I don't know. I think so. I, I yeah, know he P- definitely left the show for a while. Because they, they, apparently Chevy Chase is horrible to work with. They yeah. all hated him or something. And, like, uh, yeah, they kill him off. And the whole thing is they knock out two. So they're like, he leaves. I mean, he dies. And in his will... He, th- this is crazy. He's, he gives everyone semen. Um, like he's straight <laughs> oh, up like, that. he's like, he's a frozen, here's a frozen capsule of my semen and he gives it to everybody. But like for Troy, he's like, Troy, I'm going to give you my entire fortune. I never yeah. had a son and I forget how it went, but he's like, you have the most you can do. And Troy's like, you don't understand. This is one thing I've always wanted in my life. And it's like, what to go? Like, say it like find yourself on a journey around the world he's like no a shit ton of money <laughs> this is what i've always wanted uh, and the whole thing is like he has to do an actual voyage around in like this specific oh, boat yeah. that pierce had and the best part about it is it's like you know you need someone to go with you to make sure you actually do it and he's like i found the perfect person and it's lavar burton uh, so lavar awesome. burton and troy are gonna sail around the world and i'm just like dude i love that but that's how they they, that's how they get rid of troy Mm. and i think it was the whole thing was their their plan was six seasons in a movie yeah and like abed says it throughout the show throughout the show except he keeps every time he references that it's because he's like super into that show that was on at the cougar town cougar town he's just like yeah that show's great it's gonna have six seasons in a movie I love that he actually yeah. got to go on the set or say he yeah. won a contest where oh, he's dude, on it. I fucking love I watched that. that. I watched that scene. Dude, I love that episode because they have um, the, the Is guy. Is that the Scrubs episode? Yeah, because they had the guy who played um, Ted from yeah. Scrubs, the, the lawyer. And he played Ted from Scrubs. And he goes and he's like, he's there with like uh, Abed or whatever for some reason. And he sees uh oh god the um courtney cox and he's like wait how do i remember you or whatever and well, like yeah uh, or was it was it even him he definitely well, courtney kelso, cox is though. definitely in yeah kelso and then also um jordan from scrubs as well because she's in cougar right Town. that's what it was and yeah and but also courtney cox i think is he... actually in it for a bit too she's like in one of the seasons for right. a little bit and he's just like why is everyone here? And he like turns around and sees Kelso or the actor who played Kelso. And he just like freaks out. Apparently they also had Dr. Mickhead and also, uh, you know, I found out cause I've been listening to the real doctor, uh, real friends, fake doctors, uh, or no fake doctors, real friends, the, oh, yeah. the JD and Turk scrubs podcast. And they actually talk about how, uh, Zach Braff was actually in the area and he went to go visit and uh, they were like, hey, do you want to come on for a second? We're doing something special. And he literally has a coffee and he's like, OK. And he's <laughs> like, hey, uh, take this pizza and just walk in and say, did someone order this pizza? And he's like, OK. And then that's how they got Zach Braff on that episode. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, he wasn't even he literally was just there by happenstance. It wasn't planned or anything. Oh, man, that's so good. <laughs> it was it was great. But yeah, so dude, community like. All these characters and Annie, dude, Annie was great. I love because all this stuff where they're like, yeah, she does this thing where she's like, ah, 
and she always does like that shock like oh and it's just so fucking it's so fucking good i i love that i did like i because I, I was like i never really knew allison brie as an actress before except in mad men i didn't realize she was in mad men and i'm like dude that's yeah. the same woman what because it's like she feels a lot older in mad men and then i watched this and you know she's supposed to be a college girl and yeah, like, i'm just, just like out I'm of high so... school maybe like plus a year or something like that yeah and i look dude you know she's older than us what dude she looks so dude, gr- she's so amazing though yeah dude she is she is older than we are i was like how what <laughs> and I'm, I'm so confused because i'm watching community and i'm just like even then the, like i'm like no matter what she's uh, even at that time like it's like oh dude she wasn't even actually like she couldn't have played that because it's like yeah no dude she was in Mad Men at the same time like she's got these complete <laughs> different roles and then also she's in she's in glow which i'll be talking about right after this but like dude she is hilarious and she's great like oh, i did yeah. not really know anything about her and uh, I, I'm like, oh my god, I want to watch more stuff with her now because, like, I was cracking up with all of her shit in Community. Like, she was hilarious and all this, like, the Jewish stuff, like, <laughs> when they did, like, all the Hanukkah shit, um, I was cracking up. It was it was great. Um, but I definitely want that movie now. Dude, that would be so good I if they really do, want a Community movie. Like, a Community movie at this point. Like, and um, it makes sense too now because they could do a whole thing where if they could get Doc, because I know the hardest one probably to get is Donald Glover. Probably. Yeah. And I think at the time too, because, you know, he left to do his rapping career as Childish Gambino. Yeah. And then he's also got Atlanta that I don't know where that's going right now because I don't, uh, yeah. I think also at the point, at a certain point too, like he was just depressed for a bit. I think there was some tragedy in his family mm. that occurred. And that makes sense too, how for that sure. could change a person. But I think for this movie, it's perfect because it's like, Troy returns from his journey around oh, the world. Great. Yeah. And then you have the reuniting. You don't obviously you don't need to bring back Chevy Chase is dead, so you don't need him in. But yeah. Like <laughs> you bring guy. back everyone else. Like from what I heard, like I think uh, you know, uh Jeff and Annie, uh I forget what's Jeff's actor's name? Um Oh, oh no. Um He's he was just in um I think he's been doing stuff. I don't think it was, it was Joe. Um, hang on, I'm just going to pull up community. Joe, Mc, Joel McHale. That's right. Yeah. Joel McHale and uh, Alison Brie have been doing a lot of Netflix stuff. So I feel like if Netflix picked them up, it would be very easy. Uh, Cause you know, if a uh, community is already on Netflix, like that's how I watch this. Hmm. If Netflix gets the movie right, you know, and works with the creators and stuff, you got him, you got her already. Uh, I feel like it won't be that hard to get the actors for Abed and Shirley just because it's, uh, was it Danny Pewdy and, um, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown? Like, I feel like they won't be that hard to acquire. The hard one is going to be Donald Glover. If they can get Donald Glover, like they're solid. They're good to go. Dude, they I totally can forgot this. about Senior Chang. Yeah. And <laughs> it's just like, you're fine. What's out up that bitches? He, he doesn't even, under, he doesn't even know Spanish. It's like. He's been a fake Spanish teacher the whole time. Yeah, Isn't he a gym teacher now or something? Oh, I, I forget. No, no. He's a... They made him a math teacher. Wasn't that it? Wasn't he like head, like a security guard or something like that? For a while, yeah. yeah. But I think... I feel like they made him a teacher again. I just can't remember what he's teaching now. But it was interesting because like... All right. Real real fast because I feel like I'm, I'm talking about it a bit too much. But like... um, You could definitely see how great the first two seasons are. The first two seasons are perfection. And then the third season's really great. It's not... 
I feel like it's not as good, but it's still great there. And then I think season four is the weird one. Like that one, I don't think is supposed to be that good. It's like during the writer's strike or something. So you don't have the real creators on it or something mm. like that. But I think Dan uh, also left the show for a bit because he, he yeah. had his own personal issues too. Yeah. So like season five and six are better, but you still don't feel as good. Cause I think season five is when everything starts. Like you, you have like things are missing. Um, that's when like they do the thing with, I think Pierce and eventually donald glover leaving and then i think like halfway through that season and then season six you know it's completely different they're on yahoo they're on yahoo tv which i forgot there was a yahoo tv and i feel like that's also hard because you know like it's hard to get everyone to watch there compared to like ever where it previously was so that's probably what also killed it a bit too but they were i think they're just trying to finish it off anyway but it felt very depressing at the end because you know you've had now people switching in and out because in season five they add in like this old dude i forget what his name is but i think he plays one of the characters in better call saul um i don't know if you might know who he is but he's like this old guy old white dude uh with like a goatee or something oh i can't remember that guy Um... yeah he's like a he's one of the teachers in community and he's like yeah. becomes part of the study group because the study group becomes like a uh kind of like the student representation or something they're like basically the ones that work with like they help the school or something mm, okay and it's like their new purpose because like uh you know uh jeff comes back and he comes back as a teacher he comes back as a law school teacher or something because uh, his own law practice his, his own private law firm got like it just ran out of money immediately or something i forget oh what happened God. like he he wasted <laughs> money on ads or something but uh they go to fix the school and stuff and like he's there and then he's gone after a while and then the next season they bring in this woman who's supposed to help the school and they also have um what's his face played by keith david if i remember correctly keith david plays uh, elroy who's like this old dude that lives in his trailer and he becomes like a student for the hell of it until he like apparently he's like a big tech genius so eventually he gets like another job and leaves but like you have Elroy you have her and you don't have uh you don't have Troy or Pierce anymore so you kind of see people getting replaced you have a mixed group and it ends with like the ending is weird because like uh both uh of the younger characters uh annie gets a internship at the fbi and yeah because she like got really interested in detective stuff Mm. and then abed gets a gig at a movie studio oh perfect so they both leave like one's going to dc one's going to uh la and so it ends with like the crew at the time is the principal (laughs) i mean the the dean (laughs) the fucking dean that always comes in right yeah (laughs) it ends with uh jeff britta the dean uh senior cheng and i forget her name um which who she plays it's like uh i think her name is frankie uh, the character but though they uh basically like the last one's there and they're like cheers of just like you know as it goes on it continues and stuff but it's very sad like there's a there's a sad goodbye between jeff and annie and it's like you know kind of what could have been but not really it's like you know whatever i'm like still young i'm gonna go do my life and stuff but it's it's just like i guess after watching for six seasons straight you get all those feelings up at once and i'm like fuck dude this is like very it's very bittersweet and i'm Mm. like i just want the movie now 
and but otherwise fantastic time man uh do you want me to wait actually on glow until you finish it and we could just do that yeah i'll make together? a point of trying to watch the last season because that's that's the only thing that i haven't seen yet cool because I, I could then instead shortly talk about really fast the relic right. uh which was a 90s monster movie dude american made and it's about this like artifact that comes back and turns this dude into a monster and this whole movie is about like a museum gala that this monster invades and you have all these cops that have been investigating the murders of the museum before and they're like we, we you know we you shouldn't do this gala and everyone's like the, the police chief the mayor everyone's there and they're like we're gonna do this gala and all it is is just about these people trying not to die from this monster hmm. and eventually like they kill it off but it's a really really cool monster flick that uh we definitely liked because it was like the last monster movie we did before doubling down on godzilla to prep for godzilla versus kong for our monster movie thursdays and it's just interesting because like i feel like at this point i'm i'm not tired of godzilla because i love godzilla no matter what i could watch it all day but <laughs> i think because we've been doing so many like more classic japanese older movies so much back to back like it's going to be fun to reincorporate the more modern random one shot like creature feature monster flicks all those ones like kind of like this but it's a really cool like i said relic is like a really cool 90s monster movie where it's like ancient curse from another country comes into America and starts hunting people down. And it's like got the classic like weird looking monster of the time because it's like, uh, you know, 90s is like weird with technology at the point. So it just looks weird, but it's really cool, if that makes right, sense. Yeah. In terms of like, yeah, design wise and I guess like graphics and stuff, but it works. It, it definitely works for what it's got. I honestly, there's not much to say about it. Just like cool monster movie, museum, cops, <laughs> action, horror, that kind of thing. That's about it. Um, and I will end it there. A different take on a night at, a night at the museum. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So what can I talk about real quick? All right. Uh, so one of the few games that I've actually finished in a long time, just because it really wasn't that long. Astro's Playroom. Dude. Yo, we could talk about that. Yes. For like a packing on that one. free game just to like showca showcase like what the PS5 can do. I loved that game. Dude, wasn't it fun? Dude, like, like I did not realize that at this point I had this much nostalgia for PlayStation stuff over the years. And like, I guess I should have seen it coming because I've literally been playing PlayStation since the PlayStation 1. But, like, I, I didn't get really, really into it till the PlayStation 3 because it was more like I would play Daniel's PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2, but I, I wouldn't really. I was more like a Nintendo guy at the time. And, dude, like, the the collectibles that you get in the game that all end up in your, like, collectibles room. I was getting so nostalgic over, like, every little thing that they show off. And especially, like, all the puzzle pieces that you get throughout that game, they fill out this, um, like, a mural around the room. And it's so good. Like, I, I want this mural to be, like, I want a poster of this mural. It's so good. Awesome. Yeah, like, like I... It, it just, like, it literally shows PlayStation history from... Oh god! I, well, like from the uh, everything from the beginning, like you're yeah, collecting PlayStation One, like that's the whole thing. You're collecting all these awesome pieces that basically build out your museum room of the history of PlayStation. Yeah, it's so freaking cool. 
Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, and then there's like all these different, um, like you'll see references to so many PlayStation games around the world, and it's like little things, like in the um, GPU jungle uh, level, there's like a few uh, Astrobots just like sitting around a campfire. And if you don't play Monster Hunter, you're not going to necessarily recognize that they're wearing Monster Hunter gear and they're sitting around a meat spit, which is very Monster Hunter. And it's just like there's so many little references like that, that like the entire time I was just like, oh, my God, I fucking love this. This is hit it. This is tugging at all of my PlayStation nostalgia heartstrings in just the right way. And it's not doing it overboard, I guess. Yeah. And. One interesting thing, like, I I don't think either of us have played uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission, right? The VR one? The first one? No. No, I haven't played that one yet. Yeah. And it, it is free right now on PlayStation. What is it? Play it play at home or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the free games right now. So it's like, they're, they're making you rack up where it's like, if you do get a VR headset, you're like, oh, I already have a library. I'm good to go. But, yeah. like, uh, what I like about this is they kind of make Astrobot the PlayStation mascot with this game because it kind of over encompasses everything. The only thing it's weird is like they, it's like it it feels weird because they kind of had it before with Sackboy. Yeah. But I guess it wasn't big enough where like, this is like, it doesn't get too big. It kind of knows where it is and you could even put Sackboy. I don't know. Did they have anything a little bit planted in this? I'm sure there, there has to have been a reference somewhere. It's, I mean, shit, they had a reference to uh, Dreams at some point that I found. Um, I think the problem is, like, Sackboy is, like, cute and you can make a mascot out of him. But he's definitely always going to be associated with Media Molecules specifically. Whereas Astrobot, you can just put, like a costume on him and he could be anyone like there was one that's true i mean i guess because the way i saw it was you know Sackboy had all the different outfits uh, outfits and it was like that's why it worked yeah they definitely did try to do that sure yeah whereas i guess now this makes more sense too because it's like ps3 i feel like everything was almost ahead of its time when you look at back at that era because you had mag which would have worked great now but it didn't work at that time you have playstation playstation home yeah would have worked you know apparently i I don't know if it's a rumor or if it's just people wanting it but you know play they should bring it back dude they should make a vr playstation exactly that's what i'm saying make playstation home 2 but in vr it's perfect for that now it's like that would actually be amazing that's that's genius like that's that's why it's it was way ahead of its time it's like why does it it doesn't feel right put that in vr and you're going to feel perfect with that. It's like now it makes perfect sense and it, it'll work for everything in its multiplayer. Oh, my God. That's yeah. genius. Uh, just also, you remember they had they said you have a trophy room and you never got the trophy room. Yeah. And like they could easily do that. Like if you do that in VR with those new controllers that like are supposed to simulate like touching things with the haptic feedback and whatnot, like you could easily make it be like you literally can walk around your trophy room and just pick shit up and it kind of like feels like it. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, and I, I definitely... I guess going, what were you going to say? I was just going to get back to Astro's Playroom and because I I, I mostly just gushed about the, uh, the nostalgia factor of it. And just like, if you, the gameplay itself, the gameplay is super fun. Like, and I was actually really surprised by how cool the, the features of the PlayStation, uh, the new DualSense controller can be like, if they, if people really take advantage of it. Cause like, I feel like a lot of people might 
on paper it sounds like too much that like every single step you take makes the controller rumble a little bit but it wasn't too crazy and like i don't know it there was this weird sensation where i played that game for like a day or two and you know you can feel the difference when you're walking in sand versus walking on metal versus walking on ice and stuff like that like and it's probably not necessarily simulating exactly what it would feel like to step on those things but because you can feel a difference when trans uh, transitioning from one uh, type of ground to another it tricks your brain into going like i can feel the world and yeah then like i i went to play i think it was uncharted the lost legacy at the time and it didn't have any of that and i literally i felt numb <laughs> i was like i can't oh, feel wow. anything it's so weird yeah, it really utilizes that. It's like I'm I'm hoping that with all PS5 games, like please, you have to use a haptic feedback now. Like so you, good. it needs to happen. Yeah, and like the sure. um, the different like ways that you can use the adaptive triggers to like the, at one point you use like a bow and you can feel the resistance in the, in the yeah. thing. But where it really got me was at one point you pick up like a machine gun type thing. And it just like constantly kicks back against your finger and it feels so good and different. And I was just like, shit, I want this to be in every game. I want fucking every weapon in on PlayStation controllers to feel different. And you can do that now. Yeah, it, it feels so freaking good. And like, I, I'm very, because obviously this game is a haptic feedback demo for the, it's Absolutely. like a, it's a dual sense demo. And then just like rescue mission is like a PSVR demo. Mm-hmm. They, I'm, I'm very curious what they're gonna do next. If it's like, oh, are you gonna wait for PSVR two, or are they gonna do something else with something else with this? Because it's like they could really make a series out of this. And Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you don't want them to go overboard with it. But yeah, it's like the whole thing of like this is the now. This is kind of like the mascot for PlayStation that they need. And with it, you know, being a mascot, you needed to be present. And yeah. it's just going to be interesting how they want to utilize that. And honestly, you know, if you're going to do PSVR 2, the way I see it is if you did have PlayStation Home, Astrobots would work great in PlayStation Home. Mm -hmm. Like, that's actually, that would work so freaking well. There, there's so much you can do there. But, yeah, I'm just curious to see what they do next with it and what the next Astrobot would be for sure. Yeah. And I guess one last thing that, like, really, I don't know, it's a... I don't want to say it necessarily surprised me, but I was just like, oh shit, that's actually a really cool feature the PlayStation 5 can do. So I don't know if you got into it, but there are, because I, I platinumed this. Uh, I platinumed okay, as well, so, yeah. you, so you must have gotten into the um, uh, uh, speedrun stuff. Yes, so yes, yes, yes. That's already pretty fun, and it's not like super punishing. The, the time that you need to get to get the trophies for that is... It did not feel grinding. At, yeah. I didn't feel any grinding with this because it was so short and nice. Like it, I was like, oh, I could do this. This is fine. Like I could invest some time. But what was interesting was that so I I platinumed it and I was like, cool, done with this game. Uh, I didn't really delete it yet because it's not that big. So I was just like, yeah, whatever. I'll just keep it on there for now. And like a, a couple weeks later or something like that, at some point later, I got a notification when I turned on my PlayStation saying like, hey, someone on your friends list beat your score on this game on this uh speed run thing would you like to try to beat their score and i click i was like okay sure let's let's see how quickly it can get me to that thing i click it and literally in like two or three seconds it not only had loaded the game but went to the that exact speed run thing 
And I was just yo, like, that's awesome. And I was just like, I, I did not shit. try that at all. No. Yeah and, yeah, and like, unfortunately, that's the only time that that's happened on my PlayStation so far. But I was just like, shit, I want this to be a thing. If there, if if I have like an arcade game on my PlayStation and it's like, like I don't know, like if they ever make like a PlayStation Five version of Res Infinite or something like, not at Res. Um, oh god, the Housemark game. Oh, uh, wait, Gun. are you talking? Yeah, yeah, like if they. Uh, brought out a playstation 5 version of Resogun, and i like i get my high score or whatever and then like a week later someone beats my score and i'm just like okay hit the button bam i'm right there again i'm playing that game and i'm i can uh, like i really liked how quickly it got to that specific challenge and it just makes it me really excited to see what other games could do that for playstation like if there's I think it's going to be very much like PS5 oriented stuff. So I feel yeah. like when we get Ratchet and Clank, it's going to have stuff like that. I don't I don't remember if the PS5 version of Miles Morales did that for me. I'm already forgetting. Like I planned and basically, you know, I put it away. I was like, all yeah. right, cool. I, I did everything. But I don't remember. And I probably won't play Demon's Souls for a while. So it's really probably going to be Dratchet and Clank when I could kind of test that again. Or with maybe Returnal when that comes out. I'm not sure. Dude, I can't wait for Returnal. Yeah. But any, anything else on it? Honestly, it's like it's like there's a lot to say, but also not much to say at the same time with it. Yeah, if I go anymore, I'll just be like, oh, yeah, and I love this reference and I love that reference. And it's just... Oh, yeah, references. Yeah, 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 yeah long yeah. story short, there's like references to PlayStation history all over the place. And I was just almost every second I was playing this game, I was just like, oh man, I know what that is. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a great time. And honestly, I'm glad you talked about that. I forgot that you also play that. So I was like, oh cool, I can knock this out. Thank yeah. God. Uh yeah. That's not honestly not too bad. I feel like whenever we it when we get to games, it's like like it, it takes the equivalent of if I would talk about five movies and shows yeah. so it's like okay well there you go but i think that's all we got time for it's about hey. we're about an hour and a half in um we got a decent we'll, yeah i think what, what do we want to call this one hmm. oh yeah oh <laughs> march madness no march Ma okay yeah we can do that yeah that's great. Right. let's do march madness <laughs> why not <laughs> uh yeah so this has been our fifth uh Sutra Side Talk Backlog Special, the March Madness Edition. And we will, of course, be back again. Like I said, we'll have uh, episode 92 out on Thursday. And we will have episode 93 and uh, the other 90s episodes out for April, as well as another backlog special that we'll have out eventually. And, you know, uh, we totally forgot to do the vaccination special uh, oh. for south park we'll do that maybe in oh, one of the right. other episodes we have oh. time for but we'll in episode 93 specifically we'll bring up some stuff because I, I think i'm going to put up some polls in twitter and instagram just to see right. how people feel about podcast length but we'll be uh kind of changing up starting with 93 uh we may have a different i guess more let's say time oriented format hopefully focused <laughs> yeah so we'll we'll definitely talk about it when we get there but that's all the time we have for you, uh, for this this week, though. Uh, if you want to, of course, write in to us, uh, you can write in at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. You can either ask us a question. Uh, if we answer that on the show and it's the first question on the show, we will send you a copy of Midnight Ultra on Steam. Of course, though, uh, you can also send in any feedback, comments, anything like that. 
Uh, I'd love to see and see what you guys have to say, any, uh, any feedback whatsoever, positive or negative. And of course, you can support the show on Twitter and Instagram at SutraSideTalk. Uh, you can see our tweets and Instagram posts there for new episodes and whatnot. And if you want to help us out there, besides following us, you can retweet the tweets we send out. You can uh, add our Instagram posts to your stories. That always helps us out. And of course, on various podcast platforms, you can always uh, like, like, subscribe, follow, um, give us a five-star review, whatever it is for that platform uh, that you can help us out with that. Definitely do that. And of course, uh, share us out. Uh, definitely uh, word of mouth, friends, family, just tell more people we exist. That's what really helps us out there. And of course, you can find James on Twitter at InvaderJim124. And you can find me on Twitter at GoGoComzilla. And that is all we got. We will catch you on Thursday. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Yep. Thanks for listening.